this Thursday evening, rainy Thursday evening. The Lord said to me at the beginning of this month, there shall be showers of blessing. And that's what we are seeing already, showers of blessing. Can I have an amen to that? Praise God. Celebrate your king tonight. Celebrate your king tonight. If you're a believer in the house of God, believer, believer, come on, celebrate your king. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. All right. We're talking about, I took my, my theme directly from the word of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm using the exact words as given to Paul the Apostle by the Holy Spirit. Now, concerning spiritual gifts. That is the main theme that we have been looking at. We are looking at spiritual gifts. There are fruits of the Spirit, but there are also gifts of the Spirit. Um, very soon, I've taught on the fruits before, but I'll teach again. But this series, we're dealing with the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, these things are needed for us. Needed by us, we need them as Christians to grow, to mature, and to be useful in the hands of God. Uh, they will make us more effective Christians and able. They will also make us able ministers of the New Testament. Some of these gifts were in operation also in the Old Covenant both in the old and the new. And I think just one of them is particularly uh, in the new, or exclusively in the new. Amen. Praise God. All right, so let's read our text tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to be in verses 1 to 11. That's our main text. That's where we're drawing everything from. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. You can be a Christian and you are ignorant of spiritual gifts. And as we go through this Bible study series, discuss them also with your friends. Discuss with your family members. You'll be surprised how many of them don't know anything about spiritual gifts and they've been Christians for a very long time. And you'll also be surprised what some of your friends know. And so let's iron sharpen iron. Amen. So we get better that way. It's not good for us to be ignorant. In Proverbs 19 and verse 2, the writer of Proverbs said, For the soul to be without knowledge, it is not good. And I emphasize this on Sunday. It is not good that the soul be without knowledge. Knowledge is key. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It didn't say my people are destroyed because of the power of the devil. Christians are running helter-skelter today, fighting the power of the devil, fighting some demons and fighting some principalities, and the devil is so powerful in their own, uh, uh, you know, perspective, and in their belief system. He's so powerful, they have to fight him every day. They are so conscious of him, they lack the consciousness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. But God said, my people are destroyed, not because Satan is powerful. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So, seek knowledge. 
it's important that in the areas where we don't have knowledge, we seek knowledge. It is not good for the soul to be without knowledge. In Proverbs 24 and verse 5, it says, A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. As you increase in your knowledge, you increase in strength. So it is important to seek knowledge. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increaseth, increaseth strength. Again, Daniel eleven thirty two, 32. The word of God tells us, but the people that do know, K-N-O-W. Again, that is the word knowledge being emphasized. But the people that do know their God, not the people that do know their political party or aspirant, the people that do know their God, they shall be strong. Not the people that do know their pastor or their bishop or their prophet or their apostle. The people that do know their God, their God, they shall be strong. The B part of it, 1132, B, the B part of it, they shall be strong and do. King James puts the word exploit. In the original manuscript is they shall be strong and do. Do what? Do anything. So there is a strong connection between knowledge and power or knowledge and strength. The reason many Christians are spiritually weak is because they are low in knowledge. Their knowledge level is very low. So seek knowledge. It's important. That's why we need to feed on the word of God daily. Find time. It can be boring at the beginning. But as you apply yourself to it over time, you begin to enjoy it. And as you seek the help of the Holy Spirit, who is the author of the book, you enjoy it. God's plan for your life is not found on Google. God's plan for your life is not loaded in your zodiac sign. God's plan for your life is not on the computer of your professor in the university. God's plan for your life is in this book. This book. The Bible. God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Now put your name there, because I'm going to put my name there, and see who is responsible for your success. This book of the law shall not depart out of Fred's mouth, but Fred shall meditate therein day and night. Now you put your name that Fred mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shall Fred make his way prosperous. Who will make Fred's way prosperous? Fred. And then Fred shall have good success. One translation says, and then you shall be able to deal wisely in the affairs of this life. Glory be to God. So we, we have a responsibility. And so this is why you need to encourage your friends, encourage family members, encourage all the people around you. It is good when we grow together. Especially in ministry. You see, the people that are not growing are the ones giving you problems. In every ministry. In, the, in a family, if the husband is growing spiritually, the wife is not growing, they're going to be having problems. Because the woman that is not growing 
will be given the man that is growing. Problems. If it's the woman that is growing spiritually and the man is not growing, that man will be given the woman problems. Because there will be no synergy. That's why Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? The wife feels there is a word from the Lord and there's a burden for them to fast and pray for three days. The husband says, no, what do you mean? My friend, give me my food. What do you do? You submit. Yes, sir. This is why it is good to learn these things in the days of your youth. And when it comes time to choose a life partner or to be chosen, you should have enough Bible sense to know who to roll with. It's not about money. It's not about their level of education. It's not about their background. It's about the Christ in them, the hope of glory. Can I have an amen to that? Right. Back to our text. So Paul, the apostle, said, I would not have you ignorant. And that led me to talking about knowledge, getting knowledge. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give to you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. I'd like you to notice again, it didn't say, but the gift of the Spirit here. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, it's calling the gift the manifestation. So when you have a word of knowledge, it's a manifestation of the Spirit. When you have a word of wisdom operating in your life, it's a manifestation of the Spirit. When you have discerning of spirits, it's a manifestation of, 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 the, of the Spirit. When you have uh, diverse kind of tongues, manifestation of the Spirit. It said, but the manifestation of the Spirit, capital letter S, is given to every man to profit with all. Not just for you to profit, but for you to bring profit to the kingdom of God. Can I have an amen? Now, notice verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts, plural, of healings. Healings, it should be. Plural also. Gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirit. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Can we have the last verse in NIV, verse 11? So you can understand how is summed up that portion of the scripture. Verse 11, NIV. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. The same Holy Spirit is the one in charge of all of these nine gifts. And he 
I love this word, distributes. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. Glory be to God. So it is not as you determine. It is not as I determine. It's as he determines. I love him for that. Because otherwise, we will maybe even commercialize the gift. Say, that this is my own. Or this is the one I want. And then you want it for an ulterior motive. Prophecy, for example. Nigerians like prophecy. The moment they say that man is a prophet, whoa! Special respect. And then he goes ahead and talks nonsense and people run with the, they, they run with the rubbish. They don't test all spirits. But the Holy Spirit, Paul the Apostle said, is the one that determines. Now, so what do we do as a church? We ought to pray. And I, I beseech the brethren who lead our prayers every time. When we pray for the church, let us pray for the manifestation of these gifts. The nine of them. All of them. Paul the apostle says to us to convert the best gifts. And I've explained time and time again, the best gift is the one you need right now. You have a situation in your hands. Somebody needs the gift of healing or needs a working of miracles. That's what you need. At that moment, you, you don't probably need word of wisdom or word of knowledge or descending of spirits. There are times you need a combination of two or three of them at, at a go. And so, covet endlessly. We are not coveting enough. That's why I'm taking my time to teach this. I want us to covet them. Desire them. Desire these gifts. The Lord, we want all of these gifts. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. In each of our services, whether it's a Sunday morning, dawn service, or second service, or Thursday Bible study, or a special meeting, or even at our rehearsals, as we join hands and pray, we can have prophecy flowing forth. Amen. You can, the Spirit of God can come upon one person and then thus see the Lord, ba, 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 and that's it. And that's it. It just might be a word of encouragement. It doesn't have to be, my son, my son, somebody wants to travel to Lagos, don't go, don't go. It doesn't have to be that. It just might be a word of encouragement. You know, sometimes people come to church, in fact, every time people come to church, you don't know what people are going through. You have no clue. Everybody's looking good, wearing makeup, foundation, etc., etc. Et, et nice jacket, nice t-shirt, nice sneakers, nice suit, but you have no clue what they are going through. And the Spirit of God, hello, does he have a clue what we are going through? Does he know what we are going through? So there can be a word of knowledge because he knows. And don't forget God is all knowledge. He's all knowing. He knows everything. So the word of knowledge is just a fragment of what God knows. God has all knowledge. So when he takes a bit of that and gives it to you, shows it to you, that is called word of knowledge. It is by the Spirit of God. It takes it from the mind of God, imparts it to you, because you need it right now. It could be to warn you to not take a particular step. It could be to inform you of something going on around you and know what you need to do about it. Etc., etc. And we've dealt with that. Today, we begin the word of wisdom. 
Don't forget the categories of the gate. The three of them say something. The three of them do something. The three of them reveal something. Glory be to God. Today we are dealing with the word of wisdom. Now, in the categories, the word of wisdom is supposed to come before the word of knowledge. As it is written in the Bible. If you look at verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Alright? But I decided that we should start from the word of knowledge because the word of knowledge deals with the past and the present. While the word of wisdom deals with the future. Now, let me quickly again run through the categories. The three gifts that say something are called the gift of utterance. They are prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. The three gifts that do something are called the, the gifts of power or the power gifts. They are the gift of faith, one. The working of miracles, two. And the gift of healings, three. They always do something. And the third category, the three gifts that reveal something, which is what we're dealing with. They are called the gift of revelation. One, the word of wisdom. Two, the word of knowledge. Three, discerning of spirits. So today we're dealing with the word of wisdom. We've dealt with the word of knowledge. I hope the word of knowledge is clear to everybody. Now you have a clear picture of what a word of knowledge is. Praise God. Now, today we move on to the word of wisdom. What is the word of wisdom? For those who want to write, the word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God. I'll take it easy so you can catch up with me. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God. It must come by the Spirit of God. All right? Concerning the divine purpose Concerning the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. Concerning the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. I take it again. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God. It comes by the Holy Spirit. Concerning the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. Alright. The first point I want to make tonight, I have just about two points or so to make. Two main categories. They have some sub points on them. The first point I'm going to make is that more often than not, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom operate together. More often than not, they operate together, all right? They operate together. While the word of knowledge is a revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. You remember that? Certain facts in the mind of God. The word of wisdom comes to reveal the divine purpose of God in his will. It, it's always concerning the divine purpose in the mind and the will of God. It's, in other words, it's futuristic. While the word of knowledge has to do with the past and present events. Something that happened in the past and is connected to the present. Word of knowledge. The word of wisdom looks up into the future. Amen. So, while I can say the word of knowledge talks about the causative. This is why you are where you are. This is what is going on around you right now. Alright? Now, the word of wisdom shows you the way. It is futuristic. 
He shows you the way, maybe out of a situation, or what God's plan is for a particular person or for you, yourself, or in a particular situation that you're in. But more often than not, both of them operate together. Now, some people find it difficult to differentiate. You don't need to find it difficult to differentiate. Very easy to differentiate between both of them. They work together oftentimes, but then you can still understand and distinguish between the two so you don't get it muddled up, all right? So I'll give you an instance. You remember John on the Isle of Patmos? John the Beloved on the Isle of Patmos, the man that wrote the book of Revelation, all right? Now, without reading the book of Revelation, I'll just paraphrase. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom operated when the Lord Jesus showed up. Revelation 1.10, he said, I was in the spirit on the last day, and then I heard a voice. And then Jesus visited with him on the Isle of Patmos, and then showed him the conditions of the seven churches in Asia Minor at that time. The church of Pergamos, Thyatira, Laodicea, and, and the rest of them, the seven of them. Now, John the Beloved was on an island. He was not physically in each of these churches. But the Lord told him things that were going on in the churches. It's like you're in Nigeria. And the Lord is telling you something going on with your sister or your cousin in Ghana right now. Or in the United Kingdom. Or in the United States. Word of knowledge. So, John supernaturally knew the things that were going on in those churches in Asia Minor. That is an example, a classical example of the word of knowledge. However, the Lord Jesus did not stop there. The Lord Jesus also told John the things for them, for each of the churches, to do. Now, this one, tell this church to repent. Otherwise, I'm going to come swiftly and deal with that guy. <laughs> now, this one, tell him to do so, so, and so. This one. Now, that's a classical example of the word of wisdom. Behold, I come quickly. Tell them, I come quickly and my reward is with me and I'm going to do so, so, and so. I'm going to do so, so, and so. That's revealing the divine purpose in the mind and will of God. That is different from something in the past or something currently happening. That is saying, this is where I'm going. This is going to happen if this one does not repent. The book of Revelation is a very interesting book. Don't run away from it. Read it. Even if you don't understand everything, just read. And then tell the Holy Spirit, I want to understand. And there are resources also that one can get to give you a better understanding. Uh, so many things are there. There's a woman in, in the book that has committed halotry with the churches. Of course, that has a symbolic meaning and a very deep meaning as well. But even looking at it literally. That somebody can enter the church and, and ruin the church. Demon possessed. And it's happening, isn't it? Somebody can join your church and bring down your church if you're not careful. The devil sends people on missions, such missions. So go after the pastor, first of all. Then, or maybe after the choir leader. Or after the head usher, they're having sex, and the same person will find another, it could be a lady, find another guy in the church, they're having sex. Before you know it, pastor is also doing the same. 
There are, there are terrible, very horrendous stories that one hears these days. It's not peculiar to these days. They've been around for a long time. It's a spirit. It could be a guy. It doesn't always have to be a lady, so don't demonize ladies. It could be a guy. And that's why ladies also need to be careful. Some ladies, when they see a guy that is looking good, looking handsome, they are just messed up. They can't control themselves. You never know who is on a mission. And what's the mission? To bring you down. Just to kill the fire in you, that's all. And the moment they extinguish that fire, they move on to the next person. On to the next. Six down, 24 more to go. And by the time the case comes to the open, it's a mess. People can't talk anymore. Everybody's keeping quiet because um, everybody's guilty. It's a spirit. There was a similar, similar scenario in one of the churches like that. So, um, the Lord said, look, the Lord doesn't condemn people. He will give you an opportunity to repent. And then, start afresh with him. This is where I'm going with you. This is my plan for you. I don't want you to shortchange my plan for your life. That's the way the Lord is. Right from the Old Testament to the New. Some people think, erroneously assume that the Ten Commandments were given because, you know, God was just so hard in the Old Testament and God was just so tough and everything. Hey, those commandments were born out of love. And I can explain them to you. When he says, thou shalt not lie, God was saying, look, you are my child and you are blessed. Blessed people don't tell lies. In every situation, I want you to always tell the truth. I'm going to back you up. He's like, oh, you lie. I'm going to break your neck. No. When he says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not commit adultery with her. You know what the Lord is saying? Look, young man. You are better than that. I love you so much. If you need a wife, you talk to me. I'll give you one. I have a wife for you. So you don't have to covet someone else's wife. When it says, don't covet, thou, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's property. Thou shalt not steal. It says, look, I am your El Shaddai. El Shaddad. D-A-D. I'm your daddy. I'll provide. I'll supply. I'm more than enough. If you need anything, you need a laptop, ask me. Don't steal your neighbor's laptop. Don't steal your, your neighbor's mobile phone. If you need money, ask me. I'll give you your own money. Don't steal someone else's money. That was all God was saying in all of those commandments. Thou shalt honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you and that you may live long in the land that I've given you. Look, I want it to be well with you and it's in my plan for you to live long. This is how to end up in prosperity and to have longevity. You honor your father and your mother. I gave them to you. I didn't make a mistake by allowing you to come through that family. Oh no! How many of us would wish that our father were someone else? Maybe our friend's dad in the next compound. I didn't make a mistake by allowing you to come through those parents. People make mistakes. I don't. And I have a plan for your life. So honor your dad, right? Honor your mother. Because I want your life to be prosperous and I want you to live long. God is love. From the old covenant to the new, it never changes. 
Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord, I change not. That's why you sons of Jacob are not consumed. I am the Lord, I change not. Whatever he was, he is still today, he will forever be. Hebrews 13, 8, Yeshua HaMashiach, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I have an amen to that? Are you seeing God in a better perspective now? Praise God. He's a God of love. He loves us. He's not looking for us to make mistakes and he has a long rod in his hand to break our neck. No. 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 God loves us. God always wants to help us. He always wants to help us. That's why he's made his grace available. He's made his mercy available. He's made his blood available. He's made his name available. Glory be to God. And in the New Testament, he gave us the Holy Ghost. When he gave us Jesus, he gave us his best. His very best. Because God is a giver. God is love. 1 John 4, 8, 1 John 4, 16. God is love. So he gave us Jesus. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, love himself, so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Now he gave his best when he gave Jesus. So that whoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life and will not perish. When he gave us the Holy Ghost, he gave us his all. Everything he's got left. And glory be to God. When the Holy Ghost came, he didn't come empty-handed. He came with these nine gifts. He came with the fruit. He came with the gift. Come on. Grab the fruit. Grab the gift. Live a good life. Show forth my glory. Everywhere you go, you go into a dark place. You don't need to turn on the light. You shine. You go into the dark world and tell them that I love them. Tell them I'm not mad at them. I'm not angry with them. I really love them. I want to save them. Today, people think they are not worthy. That's why they don't come to church. People think, oh, no, I'm bad, I'm bad. I'm, someone like me should not go to church. I should never be found in church. Hey, how bad can you be? Love ran red on the cross of Calvary. Glory be to God. That's why he said in Hebrews 4.16 that we should come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain what? Mercy and find what? Grace to help us in the hour of need. You need anything. You need repentance, grab mercy. You need enablement, Grab grace. Glory be to God. The devil doesn't want us to know this. He wants to keep us condemned. He wants to keep us guilty. You know what you did yesterday? You know what you did. Shut up. Now, don't go about messing around. Are you getting what I'm saying tonight? Don't go about messing around. Remember that you're an ambassador of this kingdom. And remember you've got God's backing. If you love someone, do you go all out to hurt them? Oh, you know, you can't live without this guy. You can't sleep. You can't wake up without this guy or this babe. Now, would you go on the internet and be writing rubbish about them? You want to check on them every time. You want to buy something for them? Buy a gift? You want them to smile every time? Because when they smile, you smile. Even though you have not eaten, you're starving. But when they are eating, you're good. If you really say you love the Lord, then you don't want to go all out committing sin. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is where the balance is. Titus tells us that the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us what? Teaching us the fear, the fear of the Lord. Grace teaches us to fear, to reverence, to honor the Lord. Not the fear, like the same fear you exhibit when you see a rattlesnake or you see a rottweiler. Not that kind of fear of God, but a reverential, worshipful fear of God. Amen. Are we together tonight? Are you getting blessed tonight? So, on the Isle of Patmos, we saw both the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom in, in a combo. <laughs> I call that the combo pack. All right. I'll give you another instance. 
Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verses 10 to 16, in the case of Brother Ananias. Let's read that very quickly. Acts 9, 10 to 16. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. All right? And to him said the Lord in a vision. You remember that the word of knowledge comes in a vision. All right. The Lord in a vision. Glory be to God. I want to read from my Bible. Sorry, I mean, I went to Act 10. I'm, I'm supposed to be in Act 9 and verse 10. Okay. Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Now, is this knowledge or wisdom? Is this word of knowledge or word of wisdom? Word of knowledge. God is all-knowing. Does God know your name? Does God know your date of birth? Does God know where you're going to be 10 years from now? So, like I said some time ago, and I say again, God is all-knowing. But he doesn't give us all of the knowledge that he has. If he gives it to us, our lives will be messed up. What are we going to do with it? What are you going to do with the names of the 7 billion people in the world? And their date of birth, their shoe size, shoe sizes, telephone numbers, NIN, BVNs. Nigeria is getting complicated. Nigeria is blessed in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. I take that back. Glory to God. The darkness will pave way for the light. I still believe in the country, Nigeria. And I believe in the plan and the purpose of God for this country. And I know that this country will rise again and the glory of God will be seen upon this nation in the name of Jesus. So what do you have to do with all the information of the 7 billion people in the world? You don't have to know all of that. But when God wants you to know something about someone, he will give you that bit of information about them. That is called the word of knowledge. It is by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not my guesswork. Okay, let me say this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There is word of knowledge, which is biblical. There is word from knowledge, which is carnal. So I'm told that there are pastors who go to churches, they want to go and minister in the church, and they send their emissaries, secret agents, ahead of them. And so they come to the church, and sometimes in connivance with the pastor, the host pastor. Uh, who are the people in your church that, uh, give me the name of a woman that, that is waiting for the fruit of the womb, or that is having a delay in marriage. And then so they give him the name, the telephone number, and the address. And so he has it scribbled somewhere. And then he comes to the pulpit. It's a crusade ground. Or maybe a huge church service. <laughs> After all the abracadabra. Who is Josephine? And the moment you hear that, and this woman is popular in the church, maybe because of her condition. Because people's condition can make them popular. The woman with the issue of blood had a name in the Bible, but we, we didn't know her name. But her condition made her popular till today. We still call her the woman with the issue of blood, even though the issue of blood has been solved. Blind Bartimaeus. Is blind the first name of Bartimaeus? The son of Timaeus. What was his name? We don't know. Blind. 
You are living at number 16. Ajakaye Ave Ave Avenue. Mm, 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 mm. By Okida Close. The lady's already. Yesterday, 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 yesterday. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The whole church is saying, oh, Jesus. Your telephone number is 082 378. Yes, Lord. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. 9916. The lady is on the floor here. Rolling on the floor. Says your day of visitation. That is not a word of knowledge. That is a word from knowledge. The knowledge that you had gained earlier. You are now operating from it. There is a brother coming into the church now. Your last name is Isa. I see in front of you books. I see behind you a bag. You are a student. You are from the University of Ibadan. The whole church will shout. Ah! <laughs> a prophet has arrived. It's a lie. Fa, fa, fa. Pow. People do things you can't trace to the Bible. Did you see Jesus operate like that? Look, Jesus, our standard. saying he can't give you a word of knowledge about someone, but the drama in Africa is too much. From Nigeria to South Africa, oh my God. They will tell you a story, 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 story. Somebody's passport got missing, and you did everything. You have a girlfriend. Your girlfriend is here. Oh yeah, let her come out. And then she'll come out. And then story, story, story. And you even took him to one pastor in Lagos. You took him to Abuja. Then you traveled to South Africa with him. And the passport is still missing. Joy. Why? They just demonized the girl. And the whole church is, is crying. Oh, this girl is with me. Sometimes it's, it's just a script that, has been, that, that they're just acting. That is word from knowledge. Not word of knowledge. Are you with me tonight? That is not the Holy Spirit. It's not the, Holy, it's not the author of confusion. I have a friend in America who fights me every time we talk about these things. She's so much, she's so much into it. She once told me she wanted to come to Africa. She wanted to go to South Africa. She's American. African American. She wants to go to South Africa to visit one of these people. I said, that guy is a magician. He's not a man of God. So what do you mean, Pastor Fred? You know, he, he just operates in the gifts. In the, ah. Uh. <laughs> You know, when the Lord stopped talking to Saul, he went to visit the people with familiar spirits. Because when we deviate from the word of God, Satan will accommodate us. Never forget this in your life. When you stop seeking God, 
Satan will say, welcome, 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 welcome. He will provide an alternative. Let the word of God be your guide. Amen? What you don't see in the word, don't do it. A prophet tells you, mm, there's a spirit in you. We need to cast it out. Now remove your clothes now. Mind, mind, mind. Horrendous things are happening. One stupid man was putting his finger in the private of women in his church. The video is viral. Some of you have probably seen it. And he had an assistant who, who was holding a, a white handkerchief or whatever. So that if anything drops, what, what the, he should just get a hot slap. And women went there and they stand like this. They stand. I said, oh my God. Have they been hypnotized? No, don't think it's far away. It's all around us. A lady once told me in my, my office, she said she went to see a pastor, a former pastor, and she was having pain in her chest. And she asked the man to pray for her. And the man said, okay, after service, you come over. And then she got in there and the man said, now lock the door. Okay, well, she locked the door. Right, so I want to pray for you. Now you need to take off your, your top. Uh -uh, pain in the chest. Did you ever see, okay, if Jesus did that in the Bible, the Bible would have been full of pornography. Because, for example, that woman with the issue of blood, Jesus, if you were like this Commercial pastors and prophets would have said, um, woman, let's go to a corner. I need to see the source where that blood is coming from. And where else could that be? Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus never molested anybody. If you ever go to a church where the pastor tries to molest you, don't you ever go back to that church. Don't you ever. But you know many times women are so gullible and sympathetic. It was just the devil that tried to use him that day. He's a, he's a good man of God, but that day, devil, that day, devil tried to use him. Do you know the day he will, he, he will possess him? The Bible says, Now Satan entered into Judas. And Jesus said to him, That which thou doest, do quickly. Do you know the day the devil will now enter into him and he will lock the door and tear your clothes and he won't mind? You will not be raped in Jesus' name. Rape is a violation of the fundamental human rights of a lady. I don't know. Rapist, I've never raped before, and I will never rape in my life. It's too late. But I don't know how even the rapists themselves enjoy the act. I don't know how they do. It can only be the devil that empowers them to do that. And that is operating under the curse. Because the curse empowers you to go down when you are raping. Are you going up? No, you're going down. You're not going up spiritually, you're going down. To go down, to collapse, to not do well, and to perish. And the devil is the administrator of the curse. Alright, so Acts chapter 9, that's where we are. And you see, so the Holy Spirit gave the address of Saul to Ananias. And he, the Holy Spirit was still telling him, the Lord Jesus speaking here. He said, and I'd seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to the saints, your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on your name. But the Lord said to him, my friend, go your way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16. 
For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, the Lord started from the word of knowledge by telling him where Saul was. The particular address, the specific address, and what he was doing. He said, is in the house of so-so and so person. You go there, you find him praying. That's word of knowledge. Then Ananias argued, Lord, this guy is the head of Boko Haram in Nigeria. He has killed so many Christians. How do you want me to go to him and, and minister to him? Now he's gone blind. Let him be blind forever. Now what kind of prayer? And the Lord said, hey, go where I sent you. All right? Mind your business. That guy is my vessel. I'm going to send him to the Gentiles. As of the time God was speaking, had he sent Saul to the Gentiles yet? No. But he was telling Ananias the purpose of Saul's life. And I will show him the, the things he will suffer for my name's sake. Purpose. That is the word of wisdom. Can I have an amen to that? Do you understand the difference now? He's there. He's praying. But this is what I want to use him for. So you pray for him. Lay hands on him. He will receive the Holy Ghost. He will receive his sight. And then he will begin to preach to the nations. Word of wisdom. So word of knowledge first. And then word of wisdom after. But the two of them working together. And don't get it twisted. When the Lord said, I will show him the great things, how great things he must suffer for my name's sake, the Lord Jesus didn't mean that he will suffer sickness and disease. Because when people have sickness and disease, sometimes they say, I'm suffering for the Lord. The Lord put this sickness on me. He put it on me. The Lord made me sick so that I could uh, learn a lesson. Someone told me that years ago. I, I, I think I had chicken pox or something. And a brother came to visit me at home. And um, he said to me, you know, Fred, you are just so busy. People think, people say I'm busy. I know I'm busy. Yeah? Productively busy. He said, well, maybe the Lord has been trying to get your attention. And he had to slow you down. I said, really? The Lord slowed me down by giving me chicken pox? These things are really not nice. You have bumps all over your body and they have pulse. And they can be very painful. And some of them damage your skin, leaving some scars. Hey, God doesn't put chicken pox on anybody. Amen. God doesn't give anybody malaria. God doesn't stress you. He was talking about the persecutions from both the Jews and the Gentiles, especially the Jews. 39 stripes they gave him five times. They beat him. In fact, he was left for dead in one place. They thought he had died. They left him there and walked away. The guy got up, went back to the city and continued preaching. He had persecuted the church so much. He personally supervised the killing of Stephen. The young men that stoned Stephen to death, they, they were putting their clothes at the feet of Saul. Saul of Tarsus. Very tough guy. You know when people are tough many, many times, God wants to use that toughness for his own purpose. When I see a young person that is just misbehaving all over the place, I know, I have come to know by the help of the Holy Spirit that God has a plan for that life. But you see, the devil wants to mess him up. That's why he's like, so if you have a brother in your family, he's just like a crazy guy. He's the black sheep of the family. Hey, God has a hand upon that guy's life. God really wants to use him. Now, you need to get on your knees and intercede. 
Because the devil can take that passion and use that to destroy him and destroy many lives. But God can turn it around. Look at the passion of Saul. He studied under Gamaliel. He was a lawyer. He was well read. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the law. He was getting letters from the authorities to persecute the church of God. He became so popular, he was a, he was a terror. If you heard his name in Jerusalem, Saul of Tarsus, ah! The brethren would be shaking like this. Oh God, oh God, deliver us. He was on the way to Damascus to go and shut down the churches. One man, Kukuru Bilishi, short man devil. I figure he was a short man. He was galloping on his donkey. Holy Ghost gave him one knockout. People said the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. I don't know, but in the case of Saul, he knocked him off the donkey's back. He landed on the floor. He had his entourage with him. As he landed on the floor, there was a great light around him. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You know his response? Who are you, Lord? Say, this one must be Lord. The one that knocked me off. Power past power. And he couldn't see anything. I mean, he, he tried to get up from the floor. Day became night. Started galloping. Oh God, he was, he was fumbling. His hands were fumbling. Looking for direction. That was what led him to the house of Simon, where he was praying. Acts chapter 10, that we read. 9, sorry. Acts chapter 9, from verse 10. All right? The street called Street. Sorry. In the house of uh, Judas, for one called Saul, is Peter that was in the house of Simon the Tanner. Now, so he was in the house of Judas, not Iscariot this time, another Judas. All right? And then the Lord minister to Ananias. And the Lord said to Ananias, look, I have shown him that a certain Ananias is coming to pray for him. And the Lord said to Ananias, I've already told him what he told Saul, he told Ananias. But Ananias didn't want to go. Ah, that kind of terror is a terrorist. God said, no, he's my vessel. We must be careful how we treat people. Oh, that girl is just so loose. She can sleep with anything. Anything. Sometimes, God has a purpose. It's just the devil that is trying to mess up that life. It is not God that is making her to commit fornication. The devil wants us to commit so much fornication that she will catch HIV and die from there. That is his own plan. He's plan, his purpose is always sinister. His purpose is always evil and, and dark and ugly. This is our job as Christians to pray for one another. To engage in the prayer of intercession. To stand in the gap for other people who have not found Christ. It is not our ministry to be condemning people. It is not our ministry. We have not received the ministry of condemnation and criticism. We have received the ministry of reconciliation. That's why I don't like listening to some people. Their message from beginning to the end is condemning one bishop, condemning one pastor, condemning, they condemn. They are the only ones that know the epistles, the Pauline epistles. As far as they are concerned, Pastor Alex doesn't know anything in the Bible. What he knows is the milk of the word of God. 
Someone, someone wrote that. My age mate. Said I spent 17 years in one church and, and all they gave me was milk. I called him and said, if all senior pastor Alex Adebwe has given you in 17 years and has given us, I met you in this church, all right? Is milk, I want that milk. It's a good milk. I said, so have you got strong meat now? Yeah, 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 there's one pastor somewhere, you know, he teaches this, and, 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 and. that word of faith thing is gone, now it's the apostolic. I haven't seen results in his life. I won't tell you more than that. But I've seen the lives of these guys, their lives are pitiful. It's not in our calling to be condemning people and be criticizing it's our calling to pray for them. Are you getting what I'm saying tonight? Amen. Praise God. Philips, Act of the Apostles, chapter 8, verses 26 to 29. Let's wrap up with Philips tonight. Word of wisdom. Act 8, 26 to 29. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure. That's the accountant general of Ethiopia. And had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him. And had him read the, prophet, uh, read the prophet Isaiah. And said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb, dumb before his shearer. So opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and began at that scripture and preached unto him, what? Jesus. What did Philip preach? Jesus. We are not to preach religion, we are to preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was coming from a religious meeting in Jerusalem. He didn't meet Christ. He met him on the way. Glory be to God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. The Lord blessed the reading of his word in Jesus' name. The angel of the Lord said to Philip, go to that place. And he went there. Desert. And the chariot was coming. And the spirit of the Lord said to him, go near the chariot. And he went near the chariot. And he heard this man who was a big man. 
reading Isaiah. Where he was reading was a messianic scripture about Jesus, the suffering of Jesus. The Holy Spirit gave Philip a word of wisdom. What to do? A word of wisdom is always concerning the divine purpose of the mind and the will of God. Divine purpose. Go there. Okay. Sir, yes, sir. Join that chariot. Okay. Sir, yes, sir. And he moved close to the chariot. And then he heard the man reading. He was led like a lamb to the, to the, to the slaughter. Yet he opened not his mouth. Oh, like a sharer, uh, like whatever to the sharer. He, he didn't revive back. He was, he, there were scriptures about the crucifixion, the suffering and the crucifixion of Christ. And then Philip said to him, Sir, do you understand what you're reading? The man said, How can I understand unless somebody teaches me? Unless somebody guides me? I'm just reading it. I don't understand it. So please, can you come join me in my chariot? So Philip joined him in his limousine. Glory be to God. This was a big man. He was the, tre- he was the accountant general of Candice, the queen of Ethiopia. And so he joined the man. And then he began to explain that scripture to the man. The man asked him, look, who is this particular story I'm reading, talking about? Is it about the prophet Isaiah himself that wrote it? Or he was talking about another man? To let you know there are people who don't know Christ. They need us. This is why we don't need to keep quiet. This is why we need to evangelize. Tell somebody about Jesus. You don't need to know the whole of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Just the little bit that you know. That's why it's called the word of wisdom or word of knowledge. Word. Okay, why is it called word of wisdom? God has all the wisdom, but he doesn't give you all of the wisdom. If he gives you all the wisdom, what are you going to do with it? Let me give you a very simple example. If you have a court case and you go to a lawyer, right? You don't go to a doctor when you have a court case. You go to a lawyer. Is that right? And you tell the lawyer, so, so, and so happened. This is what I need. The lawyer will give you legal advice. Will he give you all of the wisdom of law that he knows? You say, ah, your case is a very small one. This is just a murder case. Very small. Then he tells you all the murder cases in the world. You will start from 9 a.m., you are there till 9 a.m. the next day. You won't go home. Then you will now go into all the different litigation cases. And then you will talk about fraud, talk about cyber, cyber crimes. Now, will that not bore you? You don't need all of that wisdom. You say, no, 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 don't go yet. You want to go home, you can't go. Do you know what is called the letters of administrators or letters of administratrix? Do you know what they call onus in law? Oh, you don't know it of summons. Oh, my God. Oh. Do you know the adjudicator? Sir? All I want is to register my business. I just need a lawyer to help me register my company. That's all. Maybe that's why you've gone, you've gone to him. And then he's now telling you about different things, different areas of Oh, you don't know about maritime law? Oh, my God. Oh, you don't know about all like Ah! You see, there was a case in King's Cross in London in 1864 between Prince Phillips and Prince Edward. Oh my God, it's a very interesting case. You will never go to that chamber again. Am I right about that? Because you don't need all of the wisdom he's giving you. What you need is just a little wisdom for this case. Am I right about that? 
Now, that is called the word of wisdom. Not all of it. That is what God gives you. In closing tonight, may I ask you, somebody said, well, is this the same wisdom we get from the word of God? I've been operating in the word of wisdom for a long time, pastor, because I've read the word of God, I've studied the word of God, I've meditated on the word of God. I believe that constantly I have the word of wisdom. No. Joshua 1.8, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of, your, out of your mouth, but on it you shall meditate day and night, right? So you may observe to do all that is written therein, and then you may have good success, and then uh, you may make your way prosperous and have good success. That last portion of it, in another translation says, thou shall make thy way prosperous, and thou shall be able to deal wisely in the affairs of this life. No doubt. When you read and meditate on the word of God, there is a wisdom you gain from that. But it is not the supernatural manifestation of the word of wisdom. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'll wrap it up this way. In James 1.5, the word of God tells us, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally, am I right? And he will give it to him. He gives to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and he will give it to him. This wisdom here in James 1.5 is the wisdom for everyday living. The wisdom for us to know how to conduct our lives as Christians. How not to get into fornication and adultery. How not to get into stealing in our office even though they are wooing you to join them. How not to get into thuggery. How not to get into trouble. Somebody is trying to bring trouble and they want to rope you in. All of that. How to conduct your life. Or you are in trouble and you say, Lord, I need your wisdom, the way out of this. It says, if any man asks of God, God will give him. Is that clear? Come on, church. Is that clear? If any man asks, is that the wisdom of Solomon? The wisdom of Solomon is not the same as what of wisdom. God supernaturally imparted that to him. Yeah. And he flowed in it. What of wisdom is when the Holy Ghost takes a revelation from the mind of God and shows you. It's concerning the purpose of God, the divine purpose of God. It's concerning the will of God. It's concerning the mind of God. It is not just the general wisdom for everyday living. What Solomon had was general wisdom for everyday living. They brought cases to him. Oh, somebody boiled, somebody, we killed my son. Uh, it was my son, it's my son. It's not my son, it's a son, it's not a son. And then he was able to discern, and etc., etc. It is not the same as the word of wisdom. How will you know? The kind of wisdom that God gave Solomon is the same we have in James 1.5. It is available to every Christian that asks. But the word of wisdom is only distributed by the Holy Spirit as he wills. You can't will it. You may desire it. He might, he might not give it to you. He might give it to your neighbor and give you something else. He sees the heart of everyone. So when we pray for all of these gifts in this body, in this church, for example, he will say, you get this, you get that. No, you, this is what you get. This is what you get. This is what you get. So it is not something that you determine. 
He's the one who determines who gets what. Is that clear? I'll show you that in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 8. That has been our text. For to one is given the word of wisdom. To one, to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. So no man operates in all of the gifts at the same time. Are you getting it? So this kind of wisdom, word of wisdom, is not the same as the general wisdom which we can go to God anytime to ask for and believe by faith and receive and walk in it. I don't know if you got that. Did you get that? Come on. Did you get that? Let me spend one more minute on it and then we'll wrap it up. Because um, it's easy to confuse wisdom for word of wisdom or knowledge for word of knowledge. And sometimes people call it gift of wisdom or gift of knowledge. No. Call it what the Bible calls it. It is not the gift of knowledge. In fact, in the Bible, there is no such thing as the gift of knowledge. There is the spirit of knowledge in Isaiah. Isaiah 11 or 12. I use that to pray for my, my children. Especially my son when we had him back in the day. He talks about the seven spirits of God. You find the spirit of knowledge there. Not the gift of knowledge. Nobody has the gift of knowledge. There is only the discipline of study. Oh, I didn't go to school. God just gave me the gift of engineering. Today I'm a civil engineer. And I'm constructing buildings. And I'm constructing roads and bridges. Now you're not constructing bridges, you're constructing gada. And nobody should ever ply that gada because it will collapse any moment from now. Oh, God just gave me, God said, my son, my son. And he looked at me and gave me the gift of knowledge of medicine and surgery. Today, I'm a doctor. I didn't go to school. Toby, I need to give you an injection. See me after service. Gift of knowledge. There is no such thing as the gift of knowledge. Are you getting what I'm saying? So don't pray nonsensical prayer. Lord, give me the gift of knowledge. Gift of knowledge. Gift of knowledge. Gift of knowledge. You see why God doesn't answer many prayers? Because they are not scriptural. What you have is the discipline of study. Ask them, Eri, and all of these engineering students, they know how they burn midnight candle to understand engineering design, engineering drawing, and all the calculus. Some of us, when we see all those things, we just, I just flip the page. Flip to the next page. I don't understand. How, how do you calculate 2 over 7.5 raised to power? No, having X, then raised to power 0.5 minus and they understand the interpretation. To me, it's just Greek. Sometimes when the doctor writes, you, do, you can't read it. But give it to a nurse, the nurse will interpret it. How come? Can a layman just say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I'm not a doctor, but I have the gift of, the gift of interpretation. The gift of knowledge. No, my friend. There are talents. There are gifts. Don't confuse them for the gift of the spirit. These are spiritual gifts. That's why Paul said, now concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant. So, back to word of wisdom and general wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, James 1.5, he said, let him ask of God. That one is a general ticket. It's an open ticket to anybody, any believer. We can go on our knees and say, Lord, I need your wisdom today. I want you to 
give me wisdom as I'm going to this lecturer. Give me wisdom to know what to do. Because wisdom shows you what to do. And it also makes you bold. It also makes you strong. So, uh, Proverbs 24 and verse 5. It says, a wise man is strong. A man of knowledge increases strength. Are you getting it? So, Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your wisdom. Now, that's wisdom. Elections are coming next year. I don't know who to vote for. Lord, give me your wisdom. Give me wisdom. Wisdom for everyday living. You are going out to do your business today. You need wisdom to relate to your customers. You need wisdom to know what to do. They can throw up a question that can throw you off, off your feet. You need wisdom. That is general wisdom. Can I have an amen to that? That is different from word of wisdom. It's different from what the Holy Ghost said to Philip. Philip, go to that place. Stand there. Then the chariot is coming. Join yourself to the chariot. That's different. That's for the purpose of God. Something in the mind of God that he wants to accomplish. So in this service, we can have a word of wisdom. Maybe we're just worshiping the Lord or we're just praying and somebody comes up to the altar and says, Pastor, please, thus saith the Lord and gives us a prophecy, giving us a word of wisdom in that prophecy because many times they work together. You can have a word of knowledge in prophecy. You can have a word of wisdom in prophecy. Amen. Like he said to Philip, like he said to John the Beloved on the Isle of Patmos, Tell that church to repent because I'm coming very speedily. I'm coming quickly. That's a word of wisdom. Go and tell them because I'm coming. Tell this one not to be discouraged. Tell the church in Mokola at the expression house not to be discouraged. That I'm in your midst and I'm your reward. That which you have, hold on to it and step up and keep being on fire because I am coming. I've seen your persecutions. I've seen the different seasons you've been through, but I'm with you. Now, when such a word comes, are we not going to be encouraged? Come on, talk to me. Are we not going to be encouraged? Yeah. Stand on your feet, everybody. That's the purpose of the word of wisdom. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Let's, I'm sorry I've taken a few extra minutes tonight.